Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, this is Judy Sedgman, and welcome to another let me see, another session, I guess, of Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm with my dear friend and colleague, Christine Heath, out here in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yep, on the, on the big island of <laughs> little old Hawaii. Yeah. And so we're very happy to bring you um, episode 81. And, you know, we, Chris, Chris and I talk often about like, you know, what, how easily we forget about how different our work is from what it would have been had we not gotten involved with the principles. And one of the things that I was remembering just recently was when I first, very first started, when I could, and the colleagues and the clients would agree to it, I would sit in and listen to other people work with clients because that was the best way for me to start to understand, you know, how this, how this, how you transmit this feeling. And um, I was always so shocked that clients would come in with the expectation that you wanted to hear all about their problems. And then as soon as you, you know, they filled you in on the problems, you would come up with like a game plan and solve the problem. And that was the point of therapy. And that seemed to be the assumption of clients, no matter what the problem was, sometimes it was big and sometimes it was little. And I never heard a single person who worked from this understanding, even in the very early days, show much interest in the problem. They were interested in, well, you know, what kind of, uh, how do you use your mind? You know, how, how often do you uh, ruminate about things? How long do you spend thinking about this? <laughs> And the, and the clients, you know, would always confess, well, it's, it's all I can think about, or I'm just obsessed with it, or I can't stop, or I'm so depressed about it. And always the, the, the 3P therapist, everybody in their own way, would, would finally communicate, communicate to the client, look, you know, the problem is not the problem. The problem is the state of mind in which you're thinking about the problem. And our goal in, in sharing what the work that we share with you is for you to find your own happiness and peace of mind. And when you find that, you'll find the answers to your problems. Not just this problem, but all problems. And I remember thinking, how could that be therapy? Don't the therapists have to do something? Aren't they supposed to fix you? Because, of course, I didn't know anything about therapy, actually. And uh, But it always started to work out. And it was really touching to me. You forget this, but how clients would quiet down as soon as the, the practitioner would say something about, you know, when you just find peace of mind or when you just find your own happiness, somehow... They would get they would get over all the details. They would stop talking about them. Just the idea that there was this feeling that they could have that sounded so nice 
seemed to really touch people. It certainly touched me. I would sit there and think, yeah, that's what we all want. And so the, I would say that the, the most dramatic difference between working from the three principles and from the idea that we have everything we need inside of us, we're not broken, we just have lost sight of it, is the fact that once you see it, then you find the key to happiness. And not to say that you go to nirvana and you're happy every minute for the rest of your life, but when you're not happy, you you don't worry about it because it's just a passing thought. You know, I remember being a therapist um, and I was very traditionally trained um, as a therapist. And I was maybe six years into my profession and I was so burned out and I was so stressed and I worked exclusively with people who had been had severe trauma in their young life. They were sexually abused, most of them as children, physically abused as adults. And the side effect of the work that I did was burnout in me. But the other thing I noticed was that I remember thinking, I was in my car and I thought, you know, I'm going to get out of this business because... I'm not happy and my clients get better, but they're not happy. And there was like, who knew that I knew then that that was what was missing, right? But I remember thinking that really, really distinctly. And it wasn't a week later that I talked to Joe Bailey about this new work that he had gone down to Florida and listened to Sydney Banks talk and came back and was telling me about this. And he had also met this woman that was coming up to live with him at this training. I thought, man, I don't know. That sounds like a good place to find a husband. <laughs> and so when he did the training on this, I signed up for it. Um, and then argued my way through the first day because he was talking about being happy. And I think that what, what happened is, is that we get so focused Um, in the field on um, problem solving and fixing what's wrong, that we forget that the end goal is happiness for people. Like anybody can be happy. Now that's not the same as as, uh, um, you know, people kind of talk about people should be happy and not just pretend like nothing happened to them. That's what people call gaslighting, you know, but it's um, it's really seeing that in spite of what's happened to you, you have the capability of feeling happiness. Now that's a hopeful thing. That's a powerful thing. And if the goal of therapy is to help people to find that internal happiness, no matter what's going on in their life, there's no side effect that burns you out from that. In fact, what happens is you get reinvigorated by the end of the day, pointing people in that direction. Like last week, we were talking about just kind of pointing people in the direction, uh, in a new direction. And when you point people toward their innate happiness, their innate mental well-being, and they fall into that, it's like you're not there all the time. That's not ridiculous. It's like you're not there and pretending that nothing else happened, you're actually just in a feeling of happiness and you know what happened to you and you know what you went through in life. But it's it's not mixed up. Like you can't, you don't have to have one or the other. 
you get to have both and you will still have your memories and you've gone through what you went through and, and you can um, think about that or not think about that depending on what's going on. But your ability to be happy has nothing to do with it. And when people start to realize that that's the goal of therapy, they want to come. It seems like a lot more, you know, a, a lot better idea than going and rehashing all the crap you went through and who did what to who and going over your trauma 9 million times so it doesn't bother you anymore. I mean, who wants to do that? Get a grip. But if people kind of fall into that better feeling and they start to see that even if it's just a little bit of happiness, for a lot, for some people, that's a lot. But it also gives them hope that if they can do a little bit, they can do a lot. So I had a, a person uh, who I knew, knew as a friend who also I knew was in therapy call me for help. And so it was not really a real client, but it was, you know, a person that I was trying to help on Zoom long distance. And uh, but I knew she was on medication, so she'd have to keep seeing her therapist or whoever she was seeing. And um, so I, I started to talk to her about happiness because she she had a, some sad things that had happened in her life and she'd lost family members who were dear to her and she was lonely and, and very distressed and then her dog died. So it was like, you know, what else, who else is going to die? And, uh, and she had a lot of, uh, she was a person that had had a lot of sadness in her life over various things. So I, I started talking to her just about finding quietude and peace and just coming to grips with the fact that in the present moment, you're fine and you can build from that. And she started to feel better. And um, she went back to her therapist because she was needed to get her prescription renewed. And she went back and the therapist said, uh, my goodness, she's, you're, you're unusually happy. I never see you this way. And she said, well, I've been talking to this friend of mine and she's kind of helped me to see that I, I ruminate and I, I think too much about my problems and I don't get present in life. And her therapist said to her, well, you haven't solved your problems yet. That's why. You need to think about them until you get them resolved. And so she got very confused and she called me up and she said, the therapist said, I shouldn't be talking to you because it's really interfering with the course of my therapy. And I said, you know, you have to use your own judgment. So if you don't want to talk to me anymore, that's fine. Or you can just talk to me about life and we don't have to talk about you're getting better. But, um, and she said, well, I need, to, I can't have, this woman can't be mad at me because I need my medication. And, you know, I, I, because, because she was really a sort of a friend, I didn't say something like, have you ever thought about switching therapists or, you know, or something like that. But, but um, I, I just felt so sad for her because she, she has bought into the fact that there's something wrong with her. That's right. And see, happiness is before right and wrong. See, happiness is like, happiness is a spiritual feeling. It's not of this world. It's deeper than that. It's, our, it's in our nature, in our spiritual nature, to, to when we least expect it, to feel okay, to feel at peace, to feel happy. And then we can think our way out of it. You know, we can bring a lot of things to mind and then consciousness brings them to life and we start experiencing them and we lose touch with that deeper feeling. But it, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just we're not looking that way anymore. And when she touched that, even briefly, she was like a different person. I mean, her whole face changed. She looked so nice. And then after she talked to the therapist, she got so discouraged. 
And I, and I felt very sad about that. And I'm not blaming her therapist because that's the training that she has. That's what the world has, you know, that's the best the world has come up with up to this point. And, uh, and so, you know, when you're, you've gone, gone and gotten an education and your education has told you there's some people are broken and you, your job is to fix the broken people the best you can or piece them back together and stitch them up and hope that they don't fall apart again. Then that's what you do. I was, I was thinking about that when I thought about the difference between my first and second knee surgery, because and it was only a few years difference, but when I had the first knee done, I had stitches in my scar, in the scar. And so it was really itchy under the bandage. And it was really, for about four days, it was kind of miserable because the stitch, it was, thing was healing and the stitches needed to come out, but they couldn't take them out yet. And then they had to pull all the stitches out. When I had the second sur- surgery, they used this surgical glue oh. and there's no stitches. And I said, well, wh- how do you get the glue out? And the doctor said, the glue just falls away. When, when the skin heals, it just pushes the glue, the glue dries up and just falls off like a scab. And, and you don't even, I don't have to, I have nothing to do with it. He said, you don't have to come back here to have us do anything with it. It'll just fall off in the shower. Well, it was such a different experience. Now, that was just because in the field of surgery, they, somebody saw something that nobody had ever seen before. And they thought, we can glue this and the skin will heal and it'll work out. And it did. And that's the same thing when you think about it. Just, just the simple realization that we have a default setting within us of happiness and contentment, that we come into the world equipped to find that feeling anytime we're looking for it. And we don't know it. Nobody tells us there's no operating manual or anything that says, you know, don't, don't forget, you've got that little core there of happiness. You can always fall back on it. And so over life, we think our way away from it innocently without anybody realizing it. And we've built a whole industry in the field of psychology around broken people needing to be mended, but, not, but no one can be fully repaired and healed. But that's just a, that's just a, just the way people see it now, it doesn't mean it is that way. Well, you know, it's kind of like thinking about your surgery, and I just had hip surgery, had my hip replaced, and now they use this tape. You know, they have tape, and they put it on both sides, and they have these little plastic things, and they screw them on so that the tape pulls the skin together. And then at the end of two weeks, all you have to do is peel the tape away, and that's it. And, but it's this magical healing that happens. Like here they cut my whole hip, popped it out, put it in a new one, popped it back in, and then taped me back together. And the magic of the life force made the skin grow back together again. Now, I can crack my iPhone, and it's not going to grow back together. <laughs> it doesn't have that ability. And that's what we're talking about is that energy that creates healing in our body also creates healing in our mind so that if we get we use our thinking in a way it's not designed for we go through a trauma something happens that we get a malfunction understanding how it works helps us to come back to health and that's kind of what healing is is coming back to a healthy state of mind and that ability to see happiness as a goal 
for a human being is one of the most powerful things that you can offer somebody. Because think of that, the hope is that even though I have these problems, I can be happy. Now that therapist that saw your client was stuck in the idea that problems had to be solved to be happy. And I can guarantee you her clients don't find happiness. Because what happened to your client is exactly what happens to everybody. Yeah, she's been seeing the same woman for 10 years. Yeah, and you can, you can process your problems forever and ever. You know, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I mean, I, I had a, she wasn't a friend. She was a, a person I knew at a health club, and she was a Jungian therapist. And she said that she has 20 clients, and she's had the same 20 clients for 20 years. I was like, oh, my God. You know, like that's beyond my ability because they just would come in and kind of process their life each week, I guess, and analyze why they were thinking that. But to actually be happy, to see that as like, wow, this person's really feeling good today. They found a beautiful feeling. They're living in a more beautiful feeling. How uplifting is that? And I got to tell you that most therapists do not see that as the goal. Well, the goal is to solve the problem and then wait for the next problem to come up so the person comes back. So, and I've seen that so many times because um, I've had clients that have come to me, uh, you know, at the Women's Resource Center when I was there who had been in and out of therapy their whole life. You know, like middle-aged women who started therapy in high school and saw a therapist and then went away to college. And then after they first got married, they saw another therapist and then they had a baby and then they started seeing a therapist at a certain point and they, and they they just assumed that therapy was like going to the doctor you know your your mind would get screwed up again and then you'd have to go get fixed and you know i i would always say have you ever thought about the fact that you might only need to find something new about yourself that you don't realize yet and then you would not need therapy anymore and they went oh that's that's a pipe dream you know, that would be the first thing they'd say, that's a pipe dream. I've been in and out of therapy for years. And I, I remember asking one client one time, any time that you finished therapy, how did you know you were done? And she said, my insurance benefits ran out. <laughs> and, you know, it had nothing to do with, did I really feel better? Or have I actually solved this problem? I had to quit. And go, then she'd say, I'd just be on my own doing the best I could because I couldn't go anymore. <laughs> And I said, well, did, you didn't, did, did it get worse? And she'd say, no, usually I'd just be so busy, I couldn't think about it anymore. <laughs> you know, when people will tell you the truth and you don't even realize they don't hear what they're saying, you know, it's funny. Well, even the, even the therapist missed it because she came in, like your client, the story you told about your client was that she came in and she saw that she was happier. Right. And then she told her, like, what's wrong with you that you're happy? You haven't solved these problems yet. Right. It's, it's very interesting how people in our field just are not trained to see mental well-being. So they, they respond in, in a way that they've been trained to think about it rather than really noticing that the person is in a healthier state of mind and then being interested in what they're doing that's creating that. Yeah, I was working one time with a, uh, um, two two guys that were in a relationship and I was only working with one of them, but the other one was, was around sometimes and would kind of overhear the sessions. And um, so one of them decided that the other one should 
you know, sit in and I should talk to both of them. And um, the person, this, the, the person that wasn't sitting in the other partner said, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I'm getting a master's degree in psychology. And what she's saying is completely contrary to psychology. And uh, so the person I was seeing said, well, I know, but I feel so much better. And the guy said, well, don't worry about it. When you stop seeing her, you'll feel bad again. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I kind of have always wondered if they ever, you know, if they broke up or you know, how that worked out. I don't know because it was in another city and I've, you know, left it all behind. But, but, uh, you know, it's so funny because we say things like that without ever stopping to think the world has such a dim view of the possibility of true unconditional happiness. It's just not visible. And so we, when we see it, we get frightened. We think, well, that's just an aberration. It won't last, you know? And that's sad because, you know, it would be nice to have a happier world. You know, I remember when I was a little girl, I was not a very happy little girl. And my mother used to say to me, she'd say, smile, you'll feel better. And I'd be like, Rawr! you know, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But, you know, like here I am, you know, 65 years later. And damn, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it does feel good to smile, but it has to come from within. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the deal is, is that if you start to smile at life or even think about it, you start feeling better. And uh, if you know that that's inside of you, you then it's like, you, but I couldn't see it because I thought that my happiness was, bec uh, my unhappiness was because of my life. So how could I feel happy? Right. Yeah. So next week, I think we're going to talk about how problem solving develops uh, dependency, which is kind of an offshoot of the story you said, right? Because your client's like, oh, I need to see my therapist. So we'll talk about that next week. Okay. So have a great week, everybody. And, you know, that, you know, that don't worry, be happy. <laughs> and... Please know that my husband tells me regularly not to quit my day job when I start singing. <laughs> I think it's sweet. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.